0: Who was blatantly waiting for somebody to say something. <laughs> <You> keep... <laughs>
1: <laughs> Hello Every and week. welcome to Full Section <laughs> STFC <laughs> podcast. Um on tonight's episode we have the final word on the Port Vale post mortem. We look back at the season that almost was and we have one or two congratulations to hand out. But as much as the purists aren't going to like this we're going to start with something non-football related and just wish BTB a very very happy birthday. Happy birthday Ben. Happy birthday. Guys. Happy
2: birthday. Appreciate that. Like the answer to life, the universe and
1: everything. Right, that's all you've got to say tonight. We've got a big panel. Let's say hello to everybody else. Starting in the other corner with Craig. How are you, buddy?
2: Yeah, I'm good, thanks,
3: mate. How's you?
1: Yeah, good, thank you. Uh, fresh from signing his one-year professional deal with Fools Rush In, uh, our new full-time panellist. How are you, Mark?
3: I'm very well, Mr. Fife. How are you?
1: Yeah, very well, thank you. Uh, they're right in the middle of my screen looking at his splendid best. Uh, very chirpy this evening. How are you, Woody? I'm very good, thank
2: you. Yes, we are. Oh, it's
1: about time I made you laugh during the introductions, and so you keep fucking doing it to me. <laughs> um, not quite as splendid, best because the lighting and his uh, and his screens make him look a bit blurry. But he is there, evening, Rich. Evening, evening. And last but certainly not least, living the fairy tale adventure. It's young Ned. How are you, pal? Good thanks.
4: <laughs> oh dear.
1: Everyone, everyone seems in very good spirits tonight. We've had a very entertaining pre-record, uh, which which everyone was saying. I wish we just recorded this and put it out, but uh, but here we are. Let us do it properly now um, and start with Port Vale. Um, unfortunately, it wasn't to be. We're not going to Wembley, um, and we were we were one of two penalties away from being there, um, as is customary. Okay. Rich, let, let's start with you. What was your uh, what was your overall thoughts?
5: Um, yeah, it was it was it wasn't obviously a great post match. Uh, you know, I th- I think we did go into that game quite overconfident um, that we were just gonna get a result of out of that. Um, just considering by how we played in the first leg, obviously we got two one. I know I said before that I was quite happy if Port Vale had that goal going into the second leg um but you know it sort of backfired on us really um i think you know we didn't play at all great on thursday night uh we never got going in the first uh, few minutes we should have had a penalty but still I, don't, I still i don't think we were good enough to be quite honest with you um and you know i was i was absolutely shaken after uh, um with like 10 minutes to go and then um obviously extra time and penalties even when we were two penalties up uh, in the shootout, I, I was still really nervous. And because you you know how these go, they're, they're just really, really uh, annoying. So it is what it is. But uh, yeah, it was, it was very disappointing. I had my head buried in a bucket hat um, for the, like 10, 15 minutes after the game. So
1: I, 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 can, I can fully understand that. Uh, how about yourself, Woody? Um, over the two legs, did we deserve to go through? Do you think?
0: No, I think Port Vale were the better team over the two legs, really. Um, the I think if we look at overall, we did well. I, I did think it would be whoever won the home leg, um, because I thought we'd be able to take something to them. Um, and contrary to both mine and Rich's thoughts, that maybe them scoring at our place, you know, would lead to a lack of complacency, but. Actually, I think that that's probably that goal is probably what lost us the tie. To be totally honest, I think um, you know, but not many teams keep us out of their goal, Um, and Port Vale did it well. I think they, they, their game plan was very, very good to start with at at their place. So it's, um, yeah, I mean, it was it was one of those that it was a disappointing performance. I think overall, Um, we didn't, and I think because we didn't really deserve to win, I think that's probably why. I'm not too downhearted about not winning. It was horrible on the night. Obviously, nobody likes to lose penalty shootouts, but I'm not too downhearted about it because we just didn't play very well. We just weren't the better team. And sometimes you just got to hold your hand up and accept that you weren't the better team.
1: Um, Mark, I was discussing it with a few non-Swindon fans who happened to be watching it because they knew Swindon were playing and they were obviously texting me about it. And and we kind of described it as... um, Port Vale were playing bad football really well. Swindon were trying to play good football really badly. Is that a fair assessment, would you say?
3: Yeah, I think so. I just We didn't turn up and play um, the game that we can play or have been playing all season. And to be honest, after about 15, 20 minutes of, uh, of the match unfolding, I'd, I'd already started to think at that point, this is probably not going to be our night. Um, I don't... I mean, I guess I'm a bit disappointed that we didn't come out all guns blazing and didn't carry that kind of um, sort of form that we've had in the last few games, you know, into this match being as important as it was. But then at the end of the day, I, yeah. I have to be honest, I was sat there you know, retrospectively thinking about the season, thinking, do you know what? If someone had said to me at the end of the season, you'd have been one penny away from making the, the playoff final at Wembley based on where we were, as we all know, this time last year. Um I'd have said that they were absolutely mad. So to to have gotten there, I, how can we be disappointed? I think we just, you know, I think we're all realists at the end of the day. I mean, yes, it would have been lovely to go to Wembley. Don't get me wrong; and it would have been lovely to get promoted this season, but it's not going to be. So we go again.
1: Um, ben, I think particularly a couple of guys have sort of referenced it there, particularly in the first half. We, we were, in my opinion, at least, sort of non-existent, um, barring the the penalty that we should have had. And I put that largely down to. The, the sheer physicality that they were playing with, um, we just couldn't match that at all. The intensity, the physicality, they
2: were all over us. Um, I think partly that's down to, uh, obviously, tactics. Obviously, being at home, being fired up, getting that late goal and wanting to get you know scrap the deficit as quick as you can. They had the bonus of the penalty they got away with and it was the, it's the most stonewall penalty you can see. His hand's up there. What else is going to hit? But... And it's not your day. It's not your day. The goal spurred them on. We did well, actually, just to keep it just one down at halftime. We kicked on a little bit better in the second half, made a better fist of it. But to be honest, I'm going to give Bill some credit that I don't think there's a team that's defended against us so well this season. We didn't muster one clear cut chance in an hour and 20 minutes. And this is a team that scored 92 goals in League and Cups this season we've been pretty free scoring and we couldn't burst through. Uh, my own personal view, I think she ran out of steam a little bit. We had the same team for five games running, six games running, including Bale. And for 120 minutes, legs were tired. They were shattered towards the end. Um, after 120 minutes, it, it, that whistle, full-time whistle, came at the right time because I really felt like they were about to score again because we couldn't muster three passes without them giving away again. So, just just not, little
3: I say, just on that 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 point, you made a very good point there. Sorry, I've interrupted you for a change there. sorry, I'll put my hands up there. He's been um, on two
1: episodes. Look, he's already <laughs> learned how this works.
3: No, but just on the very point, you know, the, the the players, a lot of the players that we that we signed this season, um, or or had retained from the season before, you could argue had quite checkered injury histories, and this is one of the points I'd made to Ali online the other night. So we wouldn't have got as far as we did this season without a top quality, multidisciplinary disciplinary team behind the scenes, um. Hmm. And I you know and people talk about unsung heroes. You know, the, the guys behind the scenes have been absolutely phenomenal this season. I just think we just need to take our hats off to them, really. You know, football players aside, um, the whole setup of the season has been brilliant.
1: No, absolutely, completely agree. Uh, ben, did you have more that you wanted yeah, to...
2: Yeah, all I was going to say is the way the game panned out, you can actually take defeat on the chin for the way it panned out, because you said, well, fair play to fail over the two games. They probably did deserve it. Um, the aftermath makes it bitter. Pill to sweep, which we'll talk about later, and the way the penalties rolled up, as in you know, we were two pens up. Um, but yeah. it's the swindon way, isn't it? But yeah. there's a lot more positives going to next season. So, you know, we're we're in a good position to push on next year.
1: Well, that they are all um absolutely points that we'll be coming on to shortly. Um, Ned, I think the the fact that Ben said about the the same players is is a valid one. One of the, the things I was saying was well, Williams had and maybe a handful of actual ninety-minute games across the season. He was usually either subbed on or subbed off. Um, Egbo hadn't done. We'd we'd commented on the last episode of thing. Egbo hadn't done ninety minutes for us since he signed, and there he is doing one hundred and twenty plus, taking a pen. Um, da- Davidson, bless him, he he worked his arse off. He was bollocks at the end. Um, he you know he was struggling and. I, unfortunately, when he stepped up, he was one of the players that because of his position, you kind of think he'll score. But just with how tired he was, yeah, I, yeah. I I was watching it. I was like, oh, no, I've got a bad feeling about yeah. this.
4: Well, I, I just think um, even from the start of the match, I think they all look mentally fatigued. Right. Um, I think, um, you know, the, the season's run its course uh, with this game. It was one game too far. Um, it's, I mean, you gotta feel sorry for the people who missed the penalties, but especially Iandolo. Um, he has been an absolute legend, and for me, he's—you could probably argue for him being our Player of the Season. But I guess, you know, as it was mentioned on those strangers, you know, of all the people to miss the penalty, Iandolo was probably the best because everyone's has you know, um, you know, so much goodwill and love thrown at him. So, you know, I guess that, you know, if someone had to miss, that was probably one of the better ones. Um, I don't understand the talk online about Harry McCurdy laughing because if I was in his position, I think I'd do exactly the same because it's you know you either laugh or cry in that scenario. Um and of course he doesn't want to be <laughs> doesn't want to be crying on his uh Insta, does it does he? So um I, you know, I I that wasn't a genuine he doesn't give a shit sort of moment. No. It was, you know, it was like what do I do? Um, I'll laugh because, you know, I can't believe that happened. Um, but, but yeah, um, fair play to Vale. Um, I have to say, Nathan Smith, their centre-back, he was an absolute monster. Absolute monster. There's no... In bo- both I,
1: boxes as well.
4: Yeah, absolutely. He's, it, it looked so dangerous, you know, um, aggressive. Uh, he won everything. Um, I, I don't think he's... Um, Uh, the greatest defender I've ever seen, but, you know, the amount of effort and, you know, concentration and, um, you know, the the togetherness of the Port Vale team, it was, you know, it was was a good performance for them, but, you know, we just looked lost. I I think, um, you know, we had to we had to sort of put our, you know, cards on the table before 60, 70 minutes. We had to get our goals and I want it before 60, 70 minutes because we, we haven't got a bench, you know, to, to affect the game. So, um, you, you look at, you know, as you say, like Egbo, um, you look at, um, well, all of the players, I mean, the Bar maybe McCurdy, McCurdy was full of running because he didn't really feature in the game very much, did he? So, um, but you know, bless him, Egbo, he, he's not played 90 minutes once. And then all of a sudden, as you say, he's played 120 minutes. Um, but yeah, it was, it is what it is, you know. And, and because we, you know, the the best team won on the day. Uh, you know, I, I got over it pretty quickly, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, but yeah, this this one felt.
1: Uh, I was texting my older brother. Um, and and I was I was quite deflated after the penalties, as I'm sure virtually every Swindon fan was. Um, and and to his credit, he he was able to sort of. Pet me up again quite quickly, and we would talk about different things. and And he's been a Swindon fan longer than I am, and I was like, I was like, if I think back to all the other playoff games, th- this one hits different because it's the first time I've, I've kind of felt a little bit not disappointed in the team in the season, just disappointed in the in the game itself that that we didn't, as you guys say, manage to stamp our game. Craig, I'll come to you. Um, that are obviously individual moments that I'm sure people all all want to discuss, and we'll be coming on to them um, in just a moment, but on on the tie and and the game itself, uh, your your emotions during and after?
6: Yeah, Yeah. I was at at work and, um, sorry, I'm echoing a bit there, I don't know what that was. (laughs) It's like The Exorcist, wasn't it? yeah, sorry. Um, yeah, I mean, I was at work, and obviously, because of the job I do, I can't have my mobile switched on. So I thought by the time I finished it would all be over. And of course I bloody finish and it's fucking penalties. So I'm like, I, I rush over to my car to switch on the radio and um and I'm like punching the ceiling when Ward saves those two penalties on the bounce. And mm. you think Christ, you, you do dare to dream. I think we all were at that yeah. point. And um, and then I just couldn't believe it that my, McCurdy missed and then obviously Davison and I guess it was sort of written it was like a Hollywood script that McCurdy would miss it after being the pantomime villain in the home leg and his banter with the Port Vale fans and um I mean I, I mean sort of going uh side side issue if Ward's not our number one goalkeeper next season I don't know why you know who else we, sh- we should have have in you know he, he's just pro- he's proven when he has come in he hasn't let us down but, um, but yeah it was just a feeling of why the fuck do I support this club it's, it's, it's like no you, you wouldn't put up with this much abuse with a partner would you you know and um, it's I, I, it, it just um, I, I wish I support a boring team like Colchester or Warsaw or someone like that. So I'll be delighted you've said that. I know, I, I said that with, <laughs> with Simon in mind. But it's not just on the pitch, it's off the pitch as well. We've had it, you know, god, you know, God knows since I've been since I was a kid supporting the the the, the club. And it was a, a typical Swindon thing. After the, it just felt like a sense of disappointment because we played so well in that first leg, but we didn't kill them off, did we? And which is the story of our season in a lot of our games. We just haven't you know, we scored 92 goals. We play the most attractive football in the league, the best attacking football in the league. But we are still, at the end of the day, only the seventh best team at the end of the season. Yeah. So we need to find that killer instinct, uh, a bit more steel, I think, throughout the team. You know, we, we've got, you know, we've got quite a few. I, I think the balance of our team's out, you know, playing pretty attacking football's not going to get us out of league two again next season I don't think I'm not saying that there should be a wholesale change with Ben Garner's philosophy but that was my sort of feeling at the end with with the disappointment with it I I am sort of digressing but that's what I was thinking as soon as the game had finished
2: and I was when ugly more sorry when ugly more a few more one nails
6: yeah yeah exactly exactly and um you, you know, and, and that will that will get us out of the league. You know, that will get us out of the league. You know, Port Vale have got. You know, if they go up with that team and that style of football, you, you know, what 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 does that what does that tell you? I'm not saying we should shithouse it and go long bore. There, there is, you know, you you can sort of finally adjust things, but um, but yeah, I yeah, it was just um, it was disappointing. But you know, as um, Mark was saying, we move on to next season. The transfer um, embargo lifted will be a bit more, have a bit more flexibility in the transfer market. And um, hopefully, uh, Ben Shorty will do his magic and we'll put a good squad together next season.
5: Just what,
1: before what, what, I throw what, what, some discussion oh. points out, I, I saw Rich shaking his head as, as Craig and Ben were discussing there. So, Rich, come in, <laughs> come in on that point there.
5: I was just going to say this was giving me a PTSD from fucking Sheridan's days.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. But no, I mean, like, we're ugly, as in, Away at Port Vale, we're not when they're like that. We've got to fight them. But
5: you we know. played them earlier in the season. That's an
2: unfortunate like, turn like, of phrase, mate. Yeah, we've well, I know, I know, I know, I know, Didn't mean that. I know, I know what you mean, mate. But we weren't gonna, we weren't gonna outpass them. The way they set up, and um, they, you could tell at half, at time we weren't creating chances. So we needed like a Johnny Lydon there just to give a little bit back, just to win the individual battles to earn us the right to play football. And we've just got, we've got fantastic ballers, technically brilliant. But they were kicking us off the park and they were just out-muscling us and they weren't letting them settle on the ball. So we need someone to wrestle it back and just give them a fight, earn the right to win it. We don't have those type of players. We sent one to scunthorpe and the other they've done is Achilles.
5: I mean, I wouldn't want a, a full team of that. I would, I would no, assume. but that's I, the, I, I never was, said I was, that.
6: I, the, I never said that. I said we just got to finally tune it and not rely. Like, like I said, the, the whole full-on attacking pretty football as Got us into seventh place, so you know. I see what, yeah, I see what you saying There's said. got it's to, to be a bit more that... flexibility. I'm not saying you know we need maybe one or two players with you know of, of like the Anthony Grants. I know it's going back, you know, going back to, you know, we say that, but not not specifically him, but players like him. We need a solid centre back. You know, we need someone like John Joe o- O'Toole for Mansfield. What a player he's been for them, and he's turned their season around since he came back. And he's a solid, quality player, League One player. He's not the prettiest of players, but he can, you know, he can do that. We need players, a couple of players like that. That's all I'm saying. Not a wholesale change of the of the squad or the first eleven. Yeah.
4: No, I'm just actually, not sure what um John Johnny Lydon is going to add. You know, Johnny Ron. What's he going to be adding <laughs> to the thing? I know. I, I heard you <laughs> just he said it. I was like, <laughs> no. He. Played. I did wonder whether
1: anyone was going to question it. Um, right. Sorry, I, I I've know. got a few. Um. I've got a few individual points to pick out from the game. I won't let. I won't pick anyone specifically. Just jump in it if you want to discuss it. Um. Uh, picking up on a on su- like a couple of things you guys have said. One one player I do want to talk about. Um, is is Frenchy? I thought he was yes.
5: exceptional. Yeah, I, I, I said straight away. Uh, I said on the chat as well that he was by far my man of the match. He yeah. was just winning every single ball, every corner Absolutely. they had. Charles he always. won every single ball that came in the Brilliant. box, and that's why I knew. I thought, oh, he's going to save our ass today. Um, so yeah, um, yeah, he was. He was just amazing.
2: He would have scored his penalty as well. You know, he would have. I'm confident he would have said, scored his penalty if it had gone that far.
1: It's easy to say that what five days uh, after the ab- event happened.
2: Absolutely, after the result.
1: <laughs> but as, as you guys saw, absolutely. I got what? a. Uh, I received a message, didn't I, saying that if only the guy that had scored his penalty took it instead of the guy that didn't score his penalty, you'd be at Wembley, and I was. <laughs> well, yes, obviously. As a reply, reply
5: um, what Sport Bible tweeted out earlier saying Liverpool would have won the Premier League title if it was decided on aggregate. <laughs> somebody put. Somebody put. Norwich. <laughs> Norwich would have won the <laughs> league if you flipped the table upside down. <laughs> your my response side. did tick
2: one missus
1: So it did. Did it? I, I'm, I'm. glad. That, I'm glad a few people found my reply entertaining. I. I, oh, I, was, I,
2: I was. a bit. I ashamed, was a bit hilarious.
1: ashamed of myself. At what, once I'd calmed down, but uh, but yes, a few people found it entertaining. So that's that the funny. Oh. Taking it. Taking it in good humour um something else uh, that, that came across obviously Port Vale's physicality and I think Ben you, you said there kicked us off the park at one point I thought Iandolo was done um oh. I thought he was definitely coming off that that looked bad and then he came on and, and looked like he got a, a third wind it was unbelievable what he did after after that
2: injury Well yeah it was it baldrick came and sat on him didn't he? And just talked to him so he wouldn't look down at his injury. I thought it must have been a leg break or something at the time, because that's the sort of thing they do when something horrible has happened, The legs in the wrong way. Because Baldry just came and distracted him just talking at him, going, you'll be all right, mate, you'll be all right. And, oh, this is bad. And the way he went down,
4: but... He's he he, he sort of got... It's, um, his, his leg, when it went through, the bloke stood on his ankle, didn't he? Yeah. It did look nasty. Um...
1: I mentioned it earlier, Woody, but I know you, you, I'm sure you, as much as anyone, must have um, various things you'd like to say about Davison's um, performance and his work rate.
0: Yeah, it was just one of those games for Davison, I think, more than anything. I think that, um, you know, arguably, I think it showed why he's a League Two striker, um, because he's just, as much as I love him, he's not consistent enough. um, But that being said... He's finished the season. I, I don't agree with all the shit he's getting, if I'm brutally honest, because I think you still. And funny enough, all the people that are giving him all that shit are saying we should, you know, he's no Tyrese Simpson and all that kind of stuff. He's a different player to Tyrese Simpson. And regardless of that, for me, there's only one two stats I look at for strikers how many goals they scored. And then it's how many goals they've scored per game. And he's still finished, albeit by three minutes, with more goals per game than uh, Tyrese did. So. Um, it's. I just think. Again, I kind of. I think it was Ned that said it earlier. You know, he he was looking a bit tired. I had no confidence when he stepped up for that penalty. I was very similar. And you know, I don't like. As I said earlier, I don't really like penalties anyway. But, um. But for me, I I think he's done enough in a Swindon shirt, and this will very much. And he's probably been the player that split the fan base a lot. Um, I think he's done enough for us to try and get him next season. Um, but he will need somebody else in there. I think the squad and, and Ned nailed it really. The squad depth, I think, is what's what's done it for us. Um, yeah, okay. I was probably one of the ones that was a bit more confident. That I thought that we hadn't made our subs come extra time, or we hadn't made all our subs. So I thought we might, you know, we might have a little bit more on them. Um, and Dave, but Davison was the one that needed to come off, I think, because he was absolutely yeah. bloody knackered. Um, but the other thing is, is, I can't remember whether it's um, uh, the defender that, that Ned mentioned earlier. But Smith. yeah, Smith. Um, but they both their centre backs were absolutely knackered, absolutely knackered. On about the hundred and fifteenth minute, you've got—I don't know which one it was—but their number five was pretty much like limping, walking. You know, after every, after every challenge because he just couldn't. You know, and, and that's what Davison's done. And I think to his credit, the poor guy never gets a fucking foul either. No. Never get. He never no. never gets anything, and it really winds me up because. The stuff that gets done against him, if he does it to the opposition, the
6: refs blow in straight away. Um, that's that's the story for, for, for all our strikers this season. would It It was the same with Simpson. You just don't get him at League Two. The, I don't. I don't like to have a go at the referees, but refereeing decisions when it comes to protecting yeah. our strikers has been quite appalling, to be honest. Yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. And he's, you know, it's. But um, you know, we look. I think we need to look at over overall. You you put Simpson and Davison together because we had them separate times. I think, was it 21 goals they've got between them this season? You know, you put them together, that's one striker. So, really, both stints were successful in my eyes. Just yeah. because Davidson's had a bad game doesn't mean he's a bad player. Um, you know, he, was, he wasn't he was very effective in the last two legs, but at the end of the day, there's some goals that he's scored this season that have been very important. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the same as were well with Simpson, the same as they've been with McCurdy's goals. You know, so it's... Um, yeah, it is what it is. I'd like. I know people. It will split the fan base. I would like to see him here next year. I don't think we will, but I would like to see him here next year. But with other strikers as well.
5: Yeah. Can I just say as well? Because I mean, like, uh, obviously, just going on from what Woody said about Davison, like, um, like obviously, both Simpson and Davison both scored a lot of goals. And if we look at it as well, Garner gets the best. Seems to be getting the best out of his strikers, whatever player that we have out on uh, here on loan, like. Davison, this is his be- been his most successful loan stint as well. Because like, if you look at his other loans that he's had, he scored like a couple of goals. How many goals did you say you scored for us uh, since joining the loan since January?
0: Davidson's got nine, I think, isn't it?
5: Nine, nine or ten? Yeah, so, yeah, exactly. So he's got nine goals in a, in a matter of games uh, since January. Obviously, Simpson got twelve goals for us. Like, you know what I mean? Like, uh, both strikers. When have we had? I know it was a shame that obviously we had to change strikers halfway through the season. But uh, when have we had like one successful striker since obviously Owen Doyle? Like, do you know what I mean? Scoring so many goals, it's it's brilliant to see. So uh, fair play to Garner more than anything. He's getting the best out of his lone players. So, I
0: think sometimes as well, you can have contradictive strike force in terms of you've got Barry, you've got McCurdy, you've got Davison, who can all score goals. And it almost feels, especially it did feel a little bit on both the games, I felt that there wasn't the connection between those three that we've seen. They were um, all trying to be the exactly. hero. McCurdy wanted to be the hero for obvious reasons. Yeah. Um, my, in my opinion, Barry was very ineffective over both legs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Davison sometimes... <laughs> I say it to, I've say i said it to strikers I've coached in the past. I just think he worked too bloody hard. I think he, d- he d- tries to do too much work when really we want him putting all of that energy into absolutely knackering the centre-backs in their penalty box.
1: And let's yeah. let's be honest, there was the um, and, and you know, if you want to discuss it, it's fine. But was it about 117, 118 minutes? There was that one glorious chance. It shouldn't have even gone to penalties, you know, that we, we should have. We should have been scoring and, and it'd be over anyway. Um, let's discuss, if we can, some of the more controversial moments. Um, now, Mark, I will ask you to start just because. You're one of the, uh, the the very I mean we're all very level headed guys, but but you're you've come across very level headed so you'll be able to stop you know the, the balls charging in with with the emotive content. Um, should we start with the incident involving their manager and Conroy?
3: Yeah, I mean to be, I think the one saving grace in that situation from our perspective is that, that it was Dion Conroy that he picked on because if there's ever a player in the squad that doesn't react, and genuinely doesn't react. Conroy is that player, um, so I think Daryl Clark got his wires crossed there and picked the wrong person to pick on. Um, if if it had been Johnny Williams, if it had been Harry McCurdy, if it had been Lewis Reed, um, I think he would have got the reaction that he was looking for, which would have been one of our standard brawls when they all come together, um, and we'd have seen maybe two or three red cards, which is what I was. I genuinely think he was hoping for as an outcome. Um, but I think you know Conroy earlier in in the week. Uh, in an interview, he had said that he he isn't the type of player that gets phased by what the crowd say or what the crowd think or what the opposition thinks. He's focusing on his game and doing the best that he can. Now, again, I know that Conroy's been a Marmite um, figure within the squad, but I genuinely believe he's a trier. I mean, you know, this is a guy that's come back from two serious, serious leg injuries, um, and by all accounts, you know, he's probably got no right to still be playing professional football, but he is. Um, and again, like Bougie, the last couple of months of the season, he's turned out to be an incredibly valuable player. And I genuinely hope that we do offer uh, him a contract to stay with us next season in League Two. Uh, in, in terms of Daryl Clark's behaviour, uh, it's absolutely appalling. I mean, I know that you know, Ben Garner's had a few moments this season where he's you know got, got as emotive as Ben Garner does and got himself in a bit of trouble, but he's not a violent person. I mean, that was just all-out thuggery. Um, that has absolutely no place no place from a coach, no place from a player, and obviously, if you're going to set an example to the fans that are out there, you don't want to see it from the manager of your team. Um, you know, punishments have to be more severe to stamp this out of our game. It's it's become far too commonplace, uh, and I don't like it. I'm I'm all for fans, you know, making songs and having a pop of one another. That's all part of the banter, but nobody really wants to see anybody you know physically getting hurt, and I, I won't go on to the, the, the elements at the end of the game, because I'm sure that we'll come on to that in due course. But um, in terms of what I expect from it, I hope he gets a lengthy a lengthy ban from the touchline as a result of it. I mean, it was there for the cameras to see. Um, I hope the club get fined. Um, I hope they even, you know, if I'm honest, I would like to see them have to play a couple of home games next season behind closed doors and be made an example of. Simple as that. I just, I you know, I, I was livid. I know it's, it's, it's appalling behaviour. I'm trying to be as level-headed as I can, but I genuinely... You, you,
1: you um,
3: can you know, hear not, it, but you're doing a very good job. And um, Yeah, yeah I, you know, I, I don't condone it, you know, and, and how his team is set up to play the same way. They're very bully boyish, anti-football on the pitch. That's, and again, no disrespect to Vale, it works for them and it's got them to Wembley. Um, is it the type of football I want to see? No. Is it the type of behaviour that I would want to see from, you know, my peers will take my kid along when, you know, he's enjoyed the football this season so much, you know, the standard of football being played would I want him to see, you know, the, the a hark back to the days of the McMahon midfield and the thuggery that went on there? It's just like no thanks. That you know, there's, you know, we, we're not we're not there. You know, the, the football that we're playing now is a good standard. It's bring it's brought the fans in. You know, that's what. And this is the point. I just wanted to go back to um, what Craig was saying earlier on about maybe you know a couple of enforcer type players in the squad is not a bad suggestion. I think you know maybe certainly in the centre of defence we lack a leader. Um, over the course of the season and maybe a slightly older head in the centre of midfield. The rest of it, I think we have to stick with Garnable. We have to stick with playing the right way. Um, We have to, you know, we play this system to get loan players from higher division clubs, uh, but that served us really well and, you know, they'll hopefully come back um, next season.
1: So on that that point then is the suggestion and uh, the, the obvious question that's going to be asked there is if Anthony Grant was still around
2: would he have made much of a
3: difference? Oh, so that's a that's a tricky one. I think the second half of the season at Scunthorpe probably alluded to the fact that his legs may have gone and that Garner made the right decision. Mm. Um, I know I'm a big Anthony Grant fan and you know for the work that he did for us, but you know something you know was clearly not right in the camp. Um, you know maybe from the way he trained and, and obviously you know when he was away in Jamaica, but you know in terms of the level of intensity and tempo. Um, for the style of football that we played. Was he a right fit? Probably not. And again, you know, he didn't really do, he didn't set the world alight. light as Scunthorpe. I mean, one of my best friends is a Scunthorpe fan and I was sort of singing Grant's praises. I've since had all that thrown back at me um, as a result of his performances. And it's a shame really, because he shouldn't be remembered like that. And that's why I'd like you to retire now at the top of his game.
1: (laughs) Uh, back on the original point, does anyone else want to come in on the, the Clark Conroy situation?
6: Sorry, Steve, can I just add, add as, as we're sort of loosely talking about Conroy, I'm so glad that he scored his penalty because if yeah. he'd have missed that, it would have been... Oh, it, yeah. He wouldn't yeah, have gotten absolutely. the grace that Iandolo got. No, I, correct. I, I said I, w- I was in my car and I was like, please, God, it, more than any other player, I was like, please, please score because I know... What it would have been like had he not scored, and I'm so pleased he has. And I Good hope penalty as well next yeah. season. Good pen, yeah.
4: Um, well, I was going to say w- with regards to Darryl Clark, I think um, it's been mentioned by um Vale's side that you know he's had this time off throughout the season, and blah blah blah. But for me, that's no excuse, you know, um, you can lose your head, but that's that's quite extreme let's be completely honest there's no provoking there in any capacity there's absolutely no need whatsoever and it just it i don't know it it just it just yeah horrendous
1: i i could be wrong here and and you know i'm i'm purely going off the basis of what i saw but not only is as he obviously had the altercation with conroy and then caused a completely unnecessary pile up of coaches, players, etc. But in the initial incident, he seems to have also completely intimidated the Port Vale ball boy who, who yeah. didn't have a clue what was going on.
2: Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and
1: that could, you know, that's for, I, I'm imagining. I don't know. I could be wrong. I'm imagining, like with most clubs, that's a young supporter who's been gifted the opportunity of being a ball boy, and that now he's like, oh my God, have I have I done something wrong? Like. This is, this is a scary situation. I don't want to do this anymore. And, and you know, that that could completely change the trajectory of that young fan's time as a Vale fan.
2: No, I'd say I, I quite agree. I think, uh, I know he apologised for his actions at full time, but I hope he sent a little letter or he's offered the ball boy another chance to mascot the team or something next season because for that poor 12-year-old or whoever he is, He's going to be scared as hell because he's been stuck with his manager screaming at him and then just throwing a headbutt at, uh, at uh, Conroy, which sparks off this massive brawl. And this poor lad's going to feel scared as hell. Um, it's not even yeah.
4: just him, though, is it? If you think yeah. about it, it's, it's any ball boy within Port Vale. Oh, I don't yeah. want to be the ball boy next to the dugout. I yeah. don't want flimmin' daggers thrown at me.
2: Yeah, um, it's, but- it's, FA need to act on that, I think the EFL have been really slow with everything. Um, with this, I think I think there's it, it, been quite poor on their side, and I think spending are right to ask questions.
4: Okay, I don't
2: uh, disagree. I don't disagree there, Ben. I think but the, the one thing that I will say is
3: the FA have, have had a massive campaign with regard to respect going for several years now. Um, I mean, particularly at grassroots level. I mean, we, it's drilled into us from um, our director of football down about you know the. the particularly with regard to referees and the fact that they're minors and obviously you've got to be very careful when handling or, you know, or saying anything to to, to to minors as you know but um, you know re- respect you know we have a you know a guide for parents We have a guide for for coaches we have a guide for you know for the players even at this young age and the FA have put a huge amount of effort and time into creating this charter um, which is communicated you know Exceptionally well at grassroots level from from all the you know the teams that I work with in the league that I work with and, and, and with the managers there. So I find I find it probably a little disheartening that the message isn't impacting the professional game, the tier one level where it's supposed to be, um, you know, having the biggest difference because those behaviours are supposed to be from our you know the, the teams that are leading, the teams that are really public, and, then, and I don't know what's gone wrong uh, or what is going wrong from the top down because it's not from the bottom up.
1: Hmm. Uh, Next, uh, and I think Craig um, mentioned it earlier um, but a a really good sorry, I know my voice is beginning to go again I've been struggling (laughs) with this for days I knew it was going to go at some point Um, Ward, um, solid performance throughout the the two ties I thought Um, but then again, saving two of the first three penalties um, was, was an incredible effort and, and two very good saves as well. They, you know, it's, it's not like, with all due respect, we would watch the Forest playoff beforehand and, and the keeper, who, who also saved penalties, he had the one where he just sort of got on his knees, it bounced off his arm, bounced off the crossbar. To me, there was an element of luck about that one. Ward saved, like genuinely saved the penalties.
6: Yeah, he, um, I mean, has, has that ever happened before, where a goalkeeper has saved two penalties on the bounce and been on the losing team? I mean, it probably has happened, but it's probably very rare, you know, and he's been good when he's come in, like I said earlier this season, the Forest Green game away as well. And, you know, he's not hes not a Ben Garner signing as well. Let's, let's remember this. He's And he's not a ball-playing goalkeeper, but he has shown that he's improved it with his distribution as the season's gone on, which is why I want to see him as the number one goalkeeper next season. But I have a feeling he probably won't be. He, even with woolocott goes I have a feeling they'll bring in someone who's more suited to that style of football um but yeah he, he, he's been he's been brilliant and yeah. you know he stood by patiently waited got his chance and he hasn't disappointed so you know fair play to him he, he was he was a hero that day he would have been a he- an even bigger hero obviously if we'd have gone through
1: and I think we mentioned possibly on the last episode that the improvement in Conroy's and Baudry's form coincides with him being in the goal. And I think he does breed that confidence because he he does command the area a bit more. Yes, he might not be able to spray 50, 60-yard passes out to Louis Barry and Harry McCurdy, but he he will come and claim crosses. He does make saves. You know, that's no disrespect to Wolcott either, who can do these things. But the players do seem a bit more confident when he's between the sticks, in my opinion, again, at least. And I'm not sure if, if you all agree with that or not, but that's that's my viewpoint on it.
2: I think it's been... Yeah, I think we all agreed with that. We've mentioned it in other parts. He commands his box a lot better, and he's a great shot stopper. Distribution get works on, and then he'll be perfect. But I think that's something they'll work on in training.
0: You've okay. also got to remember that save he made, was it an extra time, or was it at the end of...
2: Yeah, the last, kick of the of yeah last kick of the game. Last kick of the game. Last kick
0: of the game, and... Um, I think with Ward, like I think I've said previously, I think for a League Two number one, yes, potentially. Um, the reason I would want to keep him is because I want the money to be spent elsewhere. Um, you know, we're going to have to. I mean, regardless of whether Bowdry was in it before or not, we're going to have to find somebody who's going to replace what Bowdry's done for the past six games, or seven, even further than that in some cases. Um, so I just, you know, I would be, I would be happy with bring in a keeper maybe not as experienced as Ward and then um, you know and, and then use the money elsewhere in the team. Um, the other thing I would spot with Ward as well is from a clubman point of view as well he's very very good in terms of the fan engagement side he does a lot with the foundation um, he does you know he's, he's he's always one to take time to stand with the with the fans and have a photo or whatever, even though he does feel sometimes socially awkward. He's also not the type that's a bit like Willacott the same as well. He's mm-hmm. not the type that's going to scream to the crowd to get them going, but he is the type that is, you know, he, he, he I think he appreciates the fan base more than anything. Um, and I think with the penalties, yeah, he saved those. I thought one of them was pretty poor, but you know, penalties, are penalties, they're a lottery, but he did look a little bit nervous, I think going into the penalty shootout, but I think what keeper wouldn't, but the fact that every time he's been on TV this season, he saved a pen. <laughs> so that's almost, <laughs> that's almost enough for me. Um, so, but yeah, mm-hmm. I think um, he's good enough for league Two. If we had got promoted, I probably would have said we need to look at somebody else just to get that, to implement the style a bit more, but he's, he's not that old either. Is he? I don't think he's that, he can't be more than 25, 26. Shortly uh, I think it's, it's about it's that. It's yeah. Because his, yeah. Cause his girlfriend's my assistant's age. So it's, um yeah. So it's, uh, yeah, I think um, you know. Kudos to him; he's done a very good job. He's he's been in a team that have won five on the bounce, um, you know. So yeah, he's done a done a good job. I think. Well, well done to him. Um, probably one of the better performers over the two semi-finals.
1: <laughs> um, Ned mentioned it earlier, but everyone's reaction to to McCurdy's reaction, if you like, it's it's garnered a lot of a lot of heat. Um, I I understand why people have reacted the way they have. But equally, most people have been football fans long enough to both understand the situation and know what a character like him is likely to do. And I think when I, think I was well. asked about it, I, I put it down to, it would that would have been his reaction to an embarrassing situation. He knows yeah. that all the stick that he's both given and taken in the build-up to that, and his one chance to, you know, give it the old sh- celebration and everything... And, and he's, he's put it over and I think he was embarrassed and that's how he reacts to it. Yeah, I think it
0: was nervous laughter, um, I think as well. I mean, at the end of the day, footballers are still just doing their job. And the way that I've, I've spoken to a few people about it, because as I've seen on social media, <laughs> when you've had a bad day at work and something else goes wrong, because he didn't have a great game, McCurdy, normally you laugh about it and you? you kind of have that sarcastic yeah. and that's all that was. That was kind of a not again type thing you know he stuck his tongue out he's like you know like because he knew what was coming he knew that all of a sudden the free stands are surrounding him he's looking at the Swindon fans Swindon fans are in disbelief and the free stands around him are ripping into him there's no nothing else more to look into that I think if he had got down in tears he would have got absolutely mullered by the poor Vale fans um and in in a way what Craig said earlier about Dion Conroy's if he had missed um Look at what we've done to McCurdy, who's been like, or not we, but some of the fan base have done to McCurdy, who's arguably been the hero of the season. And we've then, and imagine if Conroy had missed, who hasn't been the hero of the season. And, you know, I, it, it, it pains me to say that some of our fans are so, so fickle on that extreme um, that they would even think that that was the case, that he was laughing about the fact that he had missed and, you know, like he didn't care about scoring against Port Vale.
2: In my head, I'd like to think those fans that are having a get- swipe at McCurdy are just having a swipe because they're angry we're out and they need to have a scapegoat. So the more Saul McCurdy's reaction went, right, what a twat. Ah. So I think because everyone knew, my heart felt for him. He just needed a cuddle when <laughs> he missed. Um, because, yeah, I think his walk-up, his head was down. He didn't look confident at all. His run-up was two steps and smack. I don't even need if he looked up at the goal. Um I just don't think he was in the right frame of mind to take one. Um, maybe that's Garner just saying you will take him, and rather ends up. I don't know, but he, he didn't look. He didn't look confident at all walking up, and I didn't feel confident. I was expecting McCurdy to stroll up there the smile on his face. I bought the keeper, wink at him, and then. Penenka it in whatever it's called <laughs> to McCurdy. A a
1: well, actually, when he stepped up, I, I, my first reaction was we discussed penalties, hadn't we? And mm. and I can't remember which one of you was. I'm sure one of you said if it goes, it might be Ned actually. If it, if this goes to penalties, do not let McCurdy take one because he's the sort of knob that would do a Penenka and, and miss.
2: But the, their keeper, their keeper was going early on every penalty when Davison was stepping up because uh, he's not a finesse striker I was thinking just smash it down the middle smash it yeah. down the middle we go to Wembley because he was going early on every mm-hmm. penalty and he just no one smashed it down the middle and that's all he had to do and then he tried to
4: finesse it and it was it wasn't great um, There wasn't enough of that down the middle was there it's, it's this it's the safe option just mm, about head height down the middle basically the
3: best option chest, yeah. chest height down the middle
2: yeah, because if he just because the keeper was going, both keepers were going early, and Paul Vale hit a couple down the middle, and we hadn't done it once. We tried to hit a few of the chop bins and they missed. But hey, uh, Davison's penalty
3: was ripe for a save, though, wasn't it? It was just yeah. just the right height
2: for the goalkeeper. Just no much right power. Hike. He just tried to pass it in, and he Bet. didn't get it right. I,
6: th- I think as well with with McCurdy when when you do that sort, of, you know, like what he was saying. You know, when, when you've had a bad day at work, you, you smile. But sometimes it's an involuntary thing when you do that. I, I mean, I, I smirk when I'm nervous or in trouble. Just ask <laughs> Mrs. A, you know, she wants to <laughs> bout me when I'm smirking at her, when she's having a go at me. But, you you, you know, so that's that's probably what it, it was probably out of nervousness as well. You know, the, the whole pressure and everything. He's had the whole club on his shoulders pretty much since he came back from injury so yeah I, I don't you know and I haven't been his biggest fan this season myself you know for his off off the pitch antics but I, I don't I, I've got no ill will towards him when it comes to that you know it, it, it was what it was and I, I don't think he loves the club he does there's, there's no way he'd have laughed at it as if it was of no consequence I think that's just ridiculous yeah but there we go
1: one thing that certainly wasn't a laughing matter was what happened after uh, the, the, the final penalty. Um, it's been well documented. Um, we'd seen um, sort of precursors as to what was likely to happen. Um, I, I even put a, a, a message out on our, on our socials for the podcast saying, look, we've seen it with Mansfield, we've seen it with Forest and Sheffield United, We saw it with Rangers and, and, you know, we were focusing obviously on ourselves Said we've got 2000 odd people going out there. Let's make sure 2000 get home. But what happened with the Port Vale fans, and I'm sure you'll all want to have your say was unbelievable. Um, We know, we know various things have happened. We we know there are members of the, the podcast that were there um, we know, you know, some of you are here tonight. Some, some of them couldn't make it for, for this record. Mm-hmm. We know one story in particular where where children, you know, have been not necessarily targeted because I don't think from a fan's perspective anyone was necessarily targeted. It was just Swindon fans were targeted. But aside from that, you you, you know, you've got the pictures of Egbo. You've you've seen what's happened to McCurdy um, as well as the other players. Um and, and then you see that we're obviously going to focus on, on what happened in our game, but the follow-on, even just yesterday, you know, we saw the scenes after Man City won the league and and the villa keeper got hit by, by an on-running Man City fan. And there is a, a a cultural problem which is being highlighted quite significantly at the moment by football and football's inability to deal with this quickly. Um, I think we we spoke about it and we said you had right back before pretty much all of our times you had like the hooliganism stage and then it wasn't completely eradicated but this new wave of supporter came through yes you have your, your passive aggressive chanting and, and that but that's all classed as I think Mark said earlier the in-game banter and yes you have your pitch invasions to celebrate going up or to celebrate staying up But at no point did that seem to cross the line where where players' safety was coming into question. You've got, was it it Louis Reed's dad put the tweet out, I think, about saying that, about his his son's safety. Again, you've got the pictures of Eggbroker. What we've seen, specifically from Port Vale, but not exclusively, has been nothing short of ridiculous, unbelievable and completely unwarranted and unjustified in what is the national game, and it needs to be taken care of. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know what the answer is. I feel what the answer is, because if, if the, the obvious answers come in, it's going to detract away from what being a supporter is, um, especially, again, during my time following football. I don't want it to go back to what it was. Um, that's my concern. But But for fans and players to not feel safe at the end of a game of football, is unfathomable to me.
4: The thing that gets me the most. <laughs> oh, hello. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you know. Right. Um, the thing that gets me the most is the fact that you know, if as a Port Vale fan, especially going into that game, you're thinking, oh, you know, chances of winning maybe 40%, blah blah blah, and then to come away and then to win, you know, and you're going to Wembley, the first the first thought that should go to mind when you know, pitch invasion is run to your players, hoist them in the air, and celebrate yeah. wildly. Their keeper but- got a lot of that. Oh mm. yeah, eventually. But you, you, they all just run towards the Swindon players. I mean, that is just insane. It's it's crazy. This is worse than the nineteen sixties and seventies. This is terrible. And you know, I'm really sorry, but I'm gonna I, I'm gonna go there again because I went there in the last pod. But I said about Port Val being Tim Pot, the thing that makes for, for me that makes them tempo is the fact that they didn't have no with it as you just said you know with everything that's happened in the last few days leading up to it you gotta have, at least have the stewards run on the pitch or or you know just an element of. Of safe, you know, a safe zone or something that the players can go in and exit the pitch the, the, there's no
1: defending there's no defending the actions and I'm sorry to cut you off there Ned but I, I feel that, that you need to address each point accordingly, there's no defending the actions at all, the, the only thing I would say to that point specifically is they were discussing it on Sky Sports yesterday after Man City and they said look, Man City had seen what had been going on and they had police cordoned in and around where the fans were likely to be going, and they still got on the pitch. And this is a Premier League club with all the the, the ability to put whatever they want in place, and even they couldn't stop it.
4: I mean, the- what, what I was thinking is is that at least if the police, or well, maybe not Stuart, but the police are in the right area, so the players can go to the middle, Yes. then so- if people do get through, then they've they got the authority to to get the players off and protect the players. But there was nothing. It was just like it was it's just it's like a war zone. Police you know, should, the, the police were
0: too busy guiding us back to the car park when we eventually got out of the stadium.
5: <laughs> that's the what the, the the there, there's no I'll tell you what the, the I I'll, I'll tell you the policing at uh sorry, and um will you back me up on this um because basically this sums up the, the police um on Thursday the fact that Uh, A police officer was actually encouraging us to drink in public, actually go up to the off license, get a crate of beer and actually just drink it in public willy nilly. Um, I mean, what the what the hell is that all about? Like, do you know what I mean? Um, So if that tells me what one of the police officers that's supposed to be there for my safety, is actually encouraging me to go drink beer and he's going to uh a lot of beer and actually go into the town, uh, into the ground. Like, I mean, does that, I mean, were they checking other Port Vale fans, like how much they were drinking before the game or something like that? And... I think this is. This goes back to the point where obviously maybe some people have had too much to drink um, either prior to they game. Don't get me wrong, I'm all for going to the pub. That's the reason why he spoke to the police officer. We asked him, is there a pub nearby? And he just said, no, Stokes is shit, um, go up to the off-licence and uh, get a crowd of beer and drink it in public. It's just like, I mean... It, I mean, it wouldn't
1: it, happen at SM one would it?
2: No. <laughs>
5: no, I mean, yeah, It's I, I just think it's absolutely ridiculous. So the fact that he's saying that and he's putting my safety at risk by telling me to do that, why the hell would I listen to it as somebody uh, like uh, a public figure that's actually encouraging me to do that? It's, it's it's an absolute joke. It's appalling. And, you know, this goes back to maybe like, I don't know, checking uh, the state of people going into the ground Rich, uh, do you mind if uh, I ask you a question? And, every... and
1: by, by all means, t- tell me if it if it's too personal or whatever for you. Yeah. Um, but I'm genuinely interested to know because I've 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 been listening to things like the, the the supporters club thing that was out earlier before we recorded. Um the the Sir Tom Broadbent was was brilliant again not mm-hmm. long after the game. Do you mind me asking you, did you genuinely feel scared at full time?
5: Uh, I'm, I'm never really that scared. I mean, like, obviously if some of the fans were like coming into the actual stand itself, that might have been a little bit different. I was quite far at the back of the stand anyway. So, I mean, good thing that Paul Vale fans have got short arms and can't throw that far. But, um, on a serious note though, um, <laughs> dinosaur arms. No, but, uh, I, I genuinely, um, feel, um, really, really, disgusted about uh what actually happened to our fans that are uh lower down uh in the stand and the fact that they had to to deal with that and everything like that. But it would have been the same if I was if I was down there and they started throwing. Then yeah, it's you know it's it's the same scenario. So um I think thankfully for myself, I wasn't in those shoes. But to see some of the people's social media posts and to see that they were actually genuinely scared was actually really, really, uh, well, it was just absolutely shocking to see. And, you know, like I say, it's got no place in football for this. Absolutely no place in football. And, you know, whatever the answer is, I spoke to one of my mates um, the other day uh, that they're going to, well, I don't know, maybe start putting nets back up around the, uh, around the ground to stop people from going why, why should we have to do that and um, I don't know where this is also coming from either where people uh where these fans are uh, coming on and hitting players and stuff like that we've had, not pitch, we've had we've had pitch invasions over the last 10 years and this very rarely happens but yeah we've had five incidents in one week like what mm. the hell is going on here like so it just seems looking... to be snowballing over. I mean, I you had the headbutt at Forest and Sheffield, then you had all the players getting absolutely battered at Swindon and Port Vale. Whatever happened at City and Villa yesterday, it's just like what? What are people doing? Mm. This is a game. Sorry, Woody, you it's wanted to come in on this game. as well.
0: Well, I think I think as well because obviously I was I with Rich and we were quite, I guess, fortunate in the fact that we were quite high up at the back of the stand. But the stand that was getting affected—that was where Joe Joe was. Um, and it's very a very low stand, so it's very easy for the you know the bottles and things to get over um, into the stand. And unfortunately, like you say, the majority was kids. I do agree. I don't think they were aiming necessarily because you know that would be a hell of an aim if they actually were. Um, there's a few things that have really irritated me about the situation. Obviously, the stewarding's a little bit of it. Um, you know, you can't help. It's not condoning their actions, um, but Warsaw didn't seem to have a problem with it. Um, and I would say that they've got a lot lower budget and had a lot smaller crowd, um, and they managed to get our fans off the pitch. Um, so, um, and they did the right thing. They blocked off halfway line. They blocked off the players at one point. Um, the other thing was the fact that I don't, I don't know if they have yet because I don't actively follow it. because I've tried not to speak out too much about it. I don't think Port Vale have still acknowledged they actually happened, um, which I think is, is the first thing that Port Vale done. Yeah, yeah, they they should have. I'm not willing to accept any. Um, and that. Oh, oh no, no. Oh, oh. Oh, back. Um, another thing is is the comments I see from Port Vale fans saying it was only a minor I'm sorry, it was not a minority. Not a minority. Comfortably, about 30, 40% of the. Right over to this. <laughs> God's sake, it's been all right, most of the call. Of the... Oh no! Are you doing it to wind me up now?
6: No, 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 no. are <laughs> again? What are we doing? Again. Woody, you saying? Do you, are you doing it to wind me up? Is the only thing we've heard so. Far. <laughs> <laughs> but
0: um, yeah, comfortably, you know, thirty to forty percent of the players, uh, of the fans that ran on the pitch, came over to do something to either our players, um, or to our fans, and um, and I don't care what Port Vale fans come at me if they ever see this. That is what happened. There was a the majority of them. And I don't know who threw the first bottle. I'm not, I'm not going to say that it was us. I'm not going to say it was them. But the point is there was more coming from them. Um, so, uh, yeah. So And the other thing is, I do not understand. Pitch invasion was going to happen, I think, regardless of the result. Yeah. Why on earth has the referee told there are players to stand closest to the, start, to the home fans rather than putting them yeah. near the dugout? Because there was I mean, going to be a pitch invasion sense. regardless um if you look at other games where there's penalty shootouts and things like that it always happens you know the away the away club are normally closer to the dugout um because like you say they can get them off the pitch quickly um, and things like that but for me overriding all of that it's, it's safety of the players has got to be paramount and i think you know what annoys me is some there be video evidence and maybe that's why they haven't spoken out because it's maybe too involved with the police but what annoys me is those people that have been guilty will probably get a three-year ban, things like that. If somebody attacked me in my workplace, they wouldn't be allowed back in my workplace um, yeah. for the rest of their life. So yeah. for me, if you've attacked a player or even a fan, you're not, you're not back in that workplace for the rest of your life. I don't care whether you've had six to drink, whether you've had three shandies or whatever. You know, it's, at the end of the day, the, the people that were attacking have probably had their first bloody bass shandy. Um, but, you know, I mean, we got it on the way in, didn't we, Rich? You yeah. know, the, the lads shouting at us, you know, 15-year-old shouting at us, swindling a shit, blah, 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 <laughs> you know, and we're just like laughing away at them. And it's yeah. just, it, it, it. I've never had, I've never felt, I wasn't intimidated because unfortunately I've been on the wrong end of some of those situations. But it's, you know, at the end of the day, it's, it was it was a Tim pot club mentality mm. um, to come on and just go straight to the fans. Their keeper got a lot of praise. Their sub, the unused sub decided to come running round to our fans and, and all of that kind of stuff as well. So I'm like, yeah, if that's if you know, if that's how you're going to treat your cup final,
5: that's fine.
0: Um, well done. You're going to get battered by Mansfield anyway. So oh, Mansfield, um, the, the, fact, the fact
5: that they actually came to um, attack our players and not actually congratulate and celebrate with their own players just tells you how Timpot they actually are.
0: And I think it all does stem from the Daryl Clark incident.
5: Yeah, When you've I got,
0: yeah, got, got Daryl Clark seemingly getting away, because did he come back on at extra time to come out? Was I, it extra time? No, he came out full time. So I don't, what, I don't I, understand why that was allowed. For me, if you sent off, off, you're sent off. Yeah. You know, yeah. like yeah. a player wouldn't be able to do that. Um, yeah. So it all comes from that. I'm bigger than the raw mentality. Um, and yes, yeah, so, and I think, From the moment I think when when Daryl Clark got sent off, sent off, shall I say? Because I think he only went up to about row three in the stands. Mm. Um, But I think the moment from the moment that happened, I thought you know there's either there's going to something bad is going to happen this game. Don't get me wrong, didn't think it was going to be that bad in terms of the fan bases. But um, it just felt that there was a horrible, really horrible mentality after
2: that. Happened. Yeah, it did spark it, definitely. And just going back to what Ned said about, about the kids as well, there's a lot of kids that needed treatment because when they're throwing bottles, all the kids, it's stand room only, all the kids so they can see it, all get shuffled to the front. So they're with their parents. And you read about you know tweets from Junior Autism. Lad, that yeah, you know, got hit as well, and then you hear about to Joe's kids, and there's lots and lots of horror stories and kids that needed
5: treatment and stitches. Yeah, and there, was, because,
0: there was that one was that, that Ali t- treated as well, wasn't there? Yeah,
5: because the refused to treat Yeah, 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 he got hit, and he he's very close to the eye. I mean, just shows how freaking dangerous this actually really is. The fact that somebody could have been potentially blinded from an incident like this. It's absolutely so, disgusting.
1: My my issue now is football has a problem to deal with now. One hundred percent. Which mm. which we hope they will. Give instance in
5: one we, week. Five. We don't,
1: I don't. I unfortunately, I don't believe they will. I think that there will be some sort of T-shirt brought out next year to show that that's not going to happen anymore, and then. 12 months time we'll be having exactly the same conversation um but my my issue is also what happens going forward and i try not to be one of these um that that uses the hyper hyperbole and stuff but 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 craig and mark i'll I'll come to you guys first i've got a, a scenario for you both okay um and and the first one craig is say mansfield win at the weekend Okay, that means Port Vale are in League Two again next year. Now, I am already reading on Facebook and Twitter, Swindon fans hoping that happens so we can, quote marks, get our own back. That is the complete opposite of what anyone wants to happen.
6: Yeah. 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 um, Two wrongs don't make a right at the end of the day. You, You can't. But that's always going to happen. I, I, oh, I, alluded, I alluded to it in in our WhatsApp chat. This this could end up being like a sort of toxic rivalry, like what we've got with Gin and them.
1: Well, this yeah, um, I've seen I, that in mean, various places as well.
6: And Jenyns was before my time. I, I still don't fully understand that rivalry, but people from that time—that's that's still it sort of kicked off up, over
2: right? a similar incident and rain yeah, and, and,
6: and I can I can see that being the case with um, with with Port Vale. So no, no, of course not. It's, you, you don't. You, yeah, I, I think I'd like to think that a lot of those reactions are people angry for what happened, and justifiably so. You, you know, we've we've all seen what's what's happened, and um, it's 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 a difficult one, isn't it? Um, I think as we, we, when we're saying about with everything that's happened with all the other games, what what can we do about that going forward with football? It's it's difficult because stewards are underpaid, undertrained, and they're not cut out for that sort of thing for pitch invasions. Mm-hmm. What are you going to do? Are you going to spend thousands and thousands on police every game to stop that sort of thing? Then, then that comes out of the club, doesn't it? Yeah, in, You know, in, and that's money that could be going back into play So there's no easy answer there. My thing, and I think Mark alluded to it earlier, is those ones, you know, if a fan, if, if there's a pitch invasion and a fan comes onto the pitch and assaults a player, then the next two games should be behind closed doors.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
6: No points deductions. No, nothing like that, that's not fair. But yeah, they should play them behind closed doors. Then, maybe then, even when somebody's pissed out of his head, he might think twice before going on the pitch and hitting someone. Now, Mark, and we've he's... had it. We, let's not pretend that we, you know, we've we've had our own. Fa- there was a fan ran out of the town end a few years ago, so we're not, uh, mm. you know, we, we shouldn't be, you know, preaching, you know, because we've had our own fans do it in different circumstances. But yeah, yeah, that sort. It needs a harsh punishment like that for for, for it to be um, for it to be eradicated. I remember now, Mark, here's
1: my here's my scenario for you and and I am taking this almost um, almost directly from from the guys at Sky um, and I think Roy Keane was asked a question uh, and he quite openly said if you're in a situation where fans can run on the pitch and attack a player i.e punch slap kick whatever. I mean, don't forget we, we've said all these fan ones. Let's not forget the Vieira incident as well that happened not so long ago as well. Yeah. Um, we've also got the situation being discussed of do flares belong at football, and how are fans getting these flares in? Different story, not as serious in my opinion, but there's still a there's still a question there to be answered. Roy oh. Keane turned around quite rightly and said, if these fans are getting on the pitch and they're able to bring stuff into the ground, who's to say at some point we're not going to be stood here saying I'm not saying it will but a player is getting stabbed a player is getting attacked by an actual weapon of some description Uh, and and are we in danger if if they don't manage to stop this thankfully we're at the end of the season now and so they've got the summer really to think about it but are we in danger that this could happen Mark
4: yeah absolutely
3: I don't think there's um there's any doubt about that people are quite prepared to go on a uh you know invade the field of play which is against the law as we as we already know um willingly uh to charge either opposition um fans or uh, opposition players coaching staff or whatever and use their fists or throw missiles of any kind then you're only one step away from using an offensive weapon it's it's as simple as that um I think we've got to be a little bit careful in some respects of over-amplifying football being the problem. Football is obviously an outlet for um, for all of us. Footballs obviously, highlighting
1: it's, it's, a society problem.
3: It, it is, um, and again, I don't want to get too political, but go back to the 80s, and you know, so when when everyone was massively repressed under the you know, sort of, you know, the Thatcher regime, and everyone was feeling their pockets being pinched and money being tight, we we're in very similar situation is now with cost of living and the energy crisis and all these additional factors that are going through people's minds um going to the football having a few beers you know maybe feeling you know disenchanted with life as a general rule these are all things that are adding to this problem now obviously from a footballing perspective we have and, and as Woody alluded to earlier we have a 100% right to um you know, ensure the safety of the employees of the stadium, be it you know, coaches, staff, players, whatever. The safety of the fans that are attending that game. Um, you know, the, the, there should be you know mitigation um, in, in place to protect kids in that situation. Like I said, you know, the. the, the the situation at Paul Vale was wholly unacceptable, you know, the, the the policing was, you know, was wholly unacceptable, the stewarding was wholly unacceptable. And if they're not getting those elements right, then the safety is already compromised. Um, so the, the, there's a lot to be done there. I think, you know, where football clubs get it right is where they have the engagement with the fans correctly. So, you know, we have like, you have like, you know, maybe match day stewards or, you know, a bit like you know the community police officers that wander around or maybe not direct employees of the club, but, you know, ambassadors that, you know, showing, you know, explaining to fans like, you know, this is what happens in this situation. This is what you do, you know, the same as you get out in town centres when people have had a few beers, you know, just making sure that, you know, people are safe. They know where they can go to. You create that kind of environment. Um, for home and away fans and it kind of takes the sting out of the situation so I think there's probably a bit more to be done from that side other than that yeah I mean it comes down to stewarding and and in the general police behavior I mean obviously what will happen next season I would imagine is that both police forces well certainly from Wiltshire uh, police force's point of view they will probably request an increased police presence for yeah. this match based on what's happened. I can't speak for Staffordshire Police. Um, based on their behaviour, you know, from what Richard said and what I've seen elsewhere on uh, social media about encouraging fans to drink, they might not even bother turning up with any police force for the game. Um, so that, that that remains to be seen. In fact, there probably wasn't even an incident, as far as they're concerned. It's fake news, isn't it? So, yeah. It's, yeah. So, in answer to your question, and from what was post Roy Keane, absolutely. You know, it could happen. Um, so more has to be done to prevent it from happening. the only way we're going to do it is by. by Engaging the fan base and making sure they understand how safety works,
1: yeah. Jens, yeah, so we've obviously spent a, a considerable amount of time there dissecting all the different elements, um, and quite rightly so, of, of both what happened on and off the pitch at Port Vale. Um, if we can turn our attention elsewhere, uh, for, for a little bit now, um, you know, the as I, I messaged you, to you all in our WhatsApp group, the hard work starts now. So so let's, let's look at other other things. And, and what violent, I, like <laughs>
6: you, I don't mean to interrupt, but can I just say one last thing about the Port Vale fans? Um, what, one of the things that annoyed me the most was not just the behaviour of, of some of their fans on the pitch, but it was the response online afterwards, how they played it down or even tried to victim blame it on us. Like there was people saying it was ridiculous, you know, saying that... Um, Our players didn't get off the pitch quick enough, and that we started it and and all this. This this bunch of this this entitlement that came from them, probably because we stuck them on the Stratton Bank and everything after they asked for the increased allocation. I have never heard such a bunch of whingy, spineless, entitled, cretinous fucking fans of a Tim Pop club in my life. And I hate them more then I hate Oxford and MK Dons. That's how much contempt I've got for their fans. Not all their fans, because some of them are probably genuinely nice people who are probably embarrassed at what their, their fellow supporters have done. But yeah, yeah, they can. I, I really hope Mansfield turn them over.
2: Hey, hey, can you hashtag PBFC at the end of this?
6: <laughs> and, I, and, and also, bearing in mind, that's the first time I've referred to another set of fans as Tim Pot, um, on this on this pod, which is quite something for me.
2: Yeah, it's it's a new rivalry now, isn't it? it hopefully in time it will just die off a little bit and I hope the, the stewarding and the policing is done correctly. But it's a game with a lot of ill feeling um, between both sets of fans, strong emotions and um, let's hope, I hope, don't hope they go up, I don't, but let's hope that it's policed well next season so there's no clashes, there's no threatening behaviour, we don't give them a pub. And um, they just shepherded from the station into the ground an hour early, and then that's it. And they're shepherded back out again after a five-nil spanking. And McCurdy scores all five.
4: Well, let's let's be honest. Next season it won't be for the playoffs, so they're only going to have about four thousand fans there anyway, and they're only going to take about two hundred to us. So I was just going to say that Ned. To be fair, they're yeah.
5: they're not going to bring many anyway. So that's all right. Yeah. Mm. Sorry, right. Sophie,
6: I, I know you wanted to move on. But I, we,
5: yeah, next
2: season.
6: It just wound me up, that's all.
1: As long as you all feel better now.
6: It's <laughs> nice, you know. I do. It's, it's cathartic, it is. Yeah.
1: <laughs> what I would like from you all, and I'll go in reverse order as you appear on my screen, which, in fact, is how you should appear on everyone's screens, given what we were doing off, off camera, um, is uh, I'd like you to sum up... Um, how what what you think of the season? A, a bit of a, a season review, if you will. You know, we 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 started the season where we were. It's been well documented. There came a point where we all said, and and this is pre you joining the panel, Mark, but we we said that there was a point where we cannot use the we didn't have a club anymore as part of our ongoing narrative. It was it was something where you know there was a pin in it, and it would get looked again at the end when we saw how it all ended. Well, it's all ended now. So um Ned I'll come to you first taking everything that's happened since what July to where we are now um how do you sum up the season
4: um i think and you know considering the beginning um it's been an amazing season for swindon um i th- I mean the, the levels of pride, you know, the, the fact that we got our club back. Um, you know, the you know, uh, you know when I drop off and pick up my kids from school and you can hear parents and kids talking about Swindon, you know, we're engaged with the communities again. It it feels like we've got a new team. And you know, I, I'm so proud of, you know our team's performances. Um, I am so proud of, um, you know, the the levels of enjoyment and everything that they, that they provided to us and 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 the fans, you know, the levels of interest that, that the fans have back in the club again. Um, I, it's just incredible. And, um, you know, the, the amount of work that, you know, Chorley's put in, um, the... The, the, the change of tactics from last season that Ben Garner's instilled. Um, you know, uh, Mark mentioned earlier about the backroom staff. Um, there's a million and one positive changes, and I'm just excited for next season. Um, I think, you know, we, we've seen some, you know, quality players playing for us this season. Um, we've been, you know, we've been blessed with seeing, you know, potential superstar in Louis Barry going forward. We've seen a Welsh international, Johnny Williams. We've seen Louis Reed, who's probably one of the best midfielders I've seen, you know, for many years. Um, I mean, Kane, Kessler, Hayden—he's probably going to be a superstar going forward. Um, I just, fuck yeah, Johnny fucking Williams. That's right, yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, and, you know, I, I just. I'm just amazed with this season and, you know, it's, it's obviously resulted in, you know, a slight bit of disappointment at the end, but, you know, so proud, you know, we've got a club back. I can't, you know, I can't, you know, give any higher praise than, you know, what we've achieved this season. I think, you know, there was a few little elements of, you know, not very good with the substitutes or, you know, the strength in the squad's not strong enough, but, you know, what can you expect? We've got a limited budget. Um, I, I just think what with what we've, with what we've, what we started with, you know, the amount of money that we spent, um, I think we've done incredible. I'm so proud of Swindon Town Football Club. Very
1: nice. Very nice. Rich?
5: Yeah, no, I think it's been a a very, very good season, very successful season. I think Ned's um, spoken about a couple of points there in terms of uh, obviously us getting our club back. I think it all stems back from, uh, well, I know a lot of people have said on um, social media and stuff like that about that first pre-season game, obviously Supermarine when Clem obviously took over and stuff like that. Um, Just like a little shout out to the backroom staff as well who actually stuck with us uh, through those months. Of the takeover happening and stuff like that, so uh, obviously Ali, uh, Steve, and Jonah and everything like that. So obviously that's been fantastic. But I mean, if you look at the through the course of the season, obviously we've uh, had. I mean, the away games have just been absolutely fantastic. All stemmed from uh, that Scunthorpe away game. Uh, obviously uh, us winning there. Obviously getting back on track and everything like that. Uh, to even um, Manchester City on TV. I mean, we would only have dreamt of a tie like that in the FA Cup not even uh, a tie against Man City, but to even get to the third round of the FA Cup so uh, obviously Ghana has been obviously Ghana had a bit of stick um, during uh, the January and February time obviously results weren't quite going our way Um, but tell me a team that's had a perfect season in League 2 not even Forest Green had that this season. Even they got a bit shaky at the end. So, you know, I mean... I'm
1: fortunate, let's be honest.
5: Yeah, exactly. And I think with, uh, in terms of Ghana, I think he's learnt a lot from this season. Uh, obviously, this was his first full season in management. Um, so, obviously, he will have learnt an awful lot. Uh, he's got a great team. He's got a very... Um, uh, uh, positive owner uh, that wants us to do well uh, and he's obviously given him the freedom with ben Chorley as well so i think that's obviously um, that obviously goes a long way and stuff like that and i think it takes a lot for somebody like uh that is getting a lot of stick on social media in terms of uh, their um formation results not going our ways substitutions stuff like that to actually you know, um, change that and actually put that positive feeling back into the back into the club and actually get us to where we needed to be, uh, which was, uh, well, we were obviously hoping automatics, even that would have been a tough task this season, but to even get playoffs and get as far as we did and be one penalty away from Wembley, uh, I think we would have all taken that this season. So I think it's been an absolutely fantastic season. And, you know, the I think the love for the club from the whole fan base is stronger than ever. Craig?
6: Yeah, I mean, I've, you know, can't really disagree much with what's been said so far. I I think, you know, like Ned and Rich have sort of hit the nail on the head there from a whole, as as far as the club's done, from a whole holistic point of view, you know, from from top to bottom, it's just so much better. The social media output is so much better. The engagement with the community, with the fans. um, Like I said, the backroom staff have been worth their weight in gold. The the physio team as well, you you know, like, like we were saying earlier, with the injuries that injury prone players that we've had in conroy bordering and stuff like that they've got through a whole season you know relatively injury free compared to what they were before so you, you can tell that just so much has changed you know and I've, I've you know i've said it in several pods before but you know we we were there at the hungerford game when we only had eight players signed on and you know two of those were goalkeepers and um you, you know, you just like think it, we have come so far as a club. We have come so far as a club. And I'm so grateful that we are in this position that we are now. Um When it comes to um on the pitch, I, f- I feel that this was an opportunity missed possibly. Um, I know that the transfer embargo is lifted next season, but I feel that I don't think we could get better than the first 11 on paper that we've got at the moment. I really don't s- see how much better better we could get or could afford for next season obviously we need more quality in depth um, so my worry is is, is this going to be like when um, we went down um, and we had craft and Brown and we was down for a good few seasons before we went back up so so yeah it, it's, it's more of a disappointment that we didn't go up because I felt that this with this first 11 definitely we were good enough to go up and, um, yeah, but I'm not going to be too harsh on them. Um, I'm looking forward to next season. I'm going to take my kids, I promise to take my kids to away games. I haven't been able to go to any this season. And d- despite what happened at Port Vale, you know, I, you know, my kids love going to away games and, um, you know, and I'm looking forward to that. The atmosphere that the away fans, you know, let's let's face it, at home up until recently, the atmosphere wasn't great, as we've mentioned before in many other pods, but the away fans... Can't fault them at all. When, when we go away from home, we go in numbers, and we and we're there. We're loud. People know we're there. So I'm looking forward to savour that again next season.
1: Would you?
0: That's been shitting it. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, you were you said it, Fifey, In terms of we look at where we were at the beginning of the season. Yes, it's not an excuse for some of our performances, um, but. You know, I predicted ninth, we finished sixth or seventh, or whatever it is. Um, you know, so they've exceeded my expectations and that's kind of what I want as a football fan. Craig's nailed it as well in terms of off the pitch stuff and all of that is a lot more connection and things like that. Um, and I don't think it's necessarily the fact that it's, you know, the last hurdle type thing. I think what stopped us from going up this season as silly draws to Rochdale... And, and and you know things like that 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 have stopped us going up um this dominating season.
1: games away at Crawley and losing
0: yeah yeah exactly yeah it's um so yeah i think i'm i'm happy with the season i think it's or content happy with the season i think it's been successful in a way of um you know in you know where where we were we only had eight players on with two you know two two weeks left um you know so there's credit the backroom staff have done brilliant um so what i would like to see i'm looking forward to next season i want to see what that backroom staff can do with a budget um and can do when they've got a full pre-season because if we end up bloody tin potting it next year and doing really shit there's there's no excuses next year in my opinion you know we we should have one of the highest budgets next season so it's if we if If we've got the money behind us, we've got the fans behind us. I don't see us declining too much in attendance. Um, So, yeah, there's no excuses. So I'm excited for next season. Um, You know, my daughter wants to go to a few more games as well, similar to Craig's kids, Um, you know, and she's very rarely went beforehand. So uh, she'll be one of those Yops raiding the pitch probably. Um, But the um, Yeah, so it's good. It's good where we we finished. I think we can look back and we can say it has been a successful season. Maybe we put our rose tinted glasses on a little bit too much when we thought we were guaranteed to go up because we got in the playoffs and we got Port Vale in the playoffs. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, I'm happy with it. Um, we didn't go down. We went against the odds. Um, you know, so you know, fair play to the guys. And obviously, I'm um, from a personal bias point of view, the first owner to take Swindon Town women under the banner as well. So uh, you know, they get they get the they get the hats off from me, Mark.
3: Yeah, it's hard to add much to what's already been said, but I think I'll try and sum it up in a couple of sentences. The first one being, I don't think in more than 30 years of following Swindon, that I've ever felt as connected to the club as I am right now. Um, And that's at all levels. Um, I've made mention before about, you know, knowing who our backroom staff are and, you know, you've got yeah, you know, the, the the physio, you know, having a conversation with me on Twitter, I didn't even expect her to reply. But, you know, how wonderful that the, these honest conversations can happen. Um, you know, from a footballing perspective, yeah, we've been spoiled a bit this year. Um, you know, the, the expectation this year at the start of it was, you know, well, if we manage to stay in the Football League, we'll have done a good job. We've got clearly um, those expectations changed very, very quickly. But at the end of it, if somebody said to me, look, you know, You're going to finish in the playoffs. One penalty kick away from Wembley and you're not going to quite make it this year. Um, Would I have taken that after last season? Hell yeah, who wouldn't? And and who's to say next year, we've got to be aiming for the autos um, and I'm game. I think we'll do it.
1: And that's why you've agreed to uh, become a regular on the pod so you can talk about HMS Pistol League, as I can't keep saying
2: talking
1: about. Um, (laughs) Ben, certainly not a... Certainly not least of all, uh, your overriding views in the season, please.
2: I think I echo what everyone else has says. Um, I think that the foundations have been laid. Um, I think it's corny to say, but this is just the beginning. Um, next season, well, anytime now. I dare uh, about- say we go again, Ben. No, I'm gonna yeah, I'm gonna leave that on there. But anytime now, we're gonna announce the ownership of the county ground next season. We start work on the Stratton Bank where we put a roof into it. Then after that, we're gonna start putting boxes in, um, and then eventually do up the town end. Um, yeah, um, I think the only way is up for us. I, I think the foundation's there to get bigger and better. I think the, the fan base is going to maintain roughly about ten thousand next season. Season tickets start started pretty well already. Um, I think we can, I've got a terrific manager. I think we've got a fantastic owner. We've got an amazing sporting um, uh, director of football who seems to be putting up rabbits out of his hat, left, right and centre. And I have full faith that he'll do it again next season, whether we do lose some of our stars. And we may well lose one or two of them. Um, But I think we'll go again strong. And I think we've got a real chance of bettering what we did this season, but we'll wait and see.
1: Yeah, no, definitely. I think for me personally, um, there are elements of what all of you guys have said there that I, I'm completely on board with. Um, I think if you look at July to now, it's it's you know unbelievable, really, um, that what has what has happened in that sort of what ten months or so. Um, I agree with Craig in the sense of when i look at and, and it's one of those clichés that we like football is not played on paper i think the squad as it in its entirety uh, every player we've had over the course of this season there was a potential there and i think it, yes there was a missed opportunity i think we could and probably should have gone up this year with the players we had but it wasn't to be you know mm-hmm. it doesn't always work like that people will say you could throw money at it let's face it it hasn't worked for Salford. Mm-hmm. They haven't gone up. They've never even made the playoffs. And they've they've been throwing money out of here for a long time. There are teams with decent budgets for this division who are getting nowhere near what they want to achieve. So I think on the pitch, I think I was the only one to say on our, on our predictions episode a week before the season started, I said we would make the playoffs as a minimum. Um, so we have done what I said we would do. And I can't be disappointed at that. Um, I think, like I say, that there was an opportunity to do more, but I'm 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 like Woody, I think I'm pleased, pleased to the content end with, with how the season's gone. Um, off the pitch, spectacular, unbelievable. Um, for through all the things you guys have said, you know, the county ground, uh, what Clems managed to do, the the fan enthusiasm. Um, and again, from my own my own personal perspective, that there seems to be, the majority of fans know how these things go. Um, There are some who seem to want to put the wedge in. Um, But the fact that, as we've heard, you know, thankfully our our views and listens over the course of this season have gone up because fans are interested and engaged. Not in necessarily what we're saying, but because they're engaged with the club, they want to know what other people think. You know, Sautam Broadband Lounge has been in a great addition. The fact that, that Marley's still being asked to bring back the video and the alternative commentary tells you how much he's more of. Low Strangers, we, we joke at times, of course we do, but there are messages, you know, between us outside of recordings that, you know, it's not like we're in competition with them. We, we're all fans, we all want the same thing, we just have a different way of, of expressing it. So that the amount of fan-led content for me that's available... I think Swindon and Town are, are very fortunate to, to have as much as we do. That's um, not forgetting what goes on with Vic and the supports club, BBC Wills, The club, uh, I think Craig said, the club's output has been brilliant this year in terms of what they're doing um, off the pitch. I think we are so far ahead, even of where we we should be in in this new. I think Ned said we have got a new club again, and I think off the pitch we're so far ahead of where we we potentially thought we could be. And it's just making sure that if it was a missed opportunity this year, that we can just bring what goes on the pitch. But again, those of you said about the staff that were there, you know, when when we didn't know what was going to happen, they deserve the Mm -hmm. utmost credit and respect as well from me um, and and from everybody, I think. And and that's my my view on the season. Um, There is one more thing that, that we have to mention um, and, and I like to, to end on a positive, and that's that we have two gentlemen uh, on the pod tonight who had um, football to look forward to this weekend. Um, Rich, uh, obviously you've mentioned throughout the course of the season that, that you do your fair, fair amount of coaching as well, and, and you got to, you had a little sort of tournament. It, it didn't quite pan out that, that you were able to win it, but you were, you were left very proud of your team this weekend.
5: Yeah, it's uh, an annual event that Swindon Town Foundation get to um, invite teams to uh, play on the county ground pitch uh, as part of a tournament. And um, after three years, three long years, obviously with COVID and everything like that, um, my team were able to grace the county ground pitch this weekend um it's one thing i've never actually got to do but now uh, but the fact that i actually got to coach uh my team on the county ground pitch uh was such a great uh moment and uh like i say it didn't uh quite plan out uh how we wanted it to but you know uh we'll go again uh we've got a couple more tournaments uh in the summer so far so um but will look to hopefully uh, do the same next year and play on the county ground pitch again next year. So um, it's such a good and positive um, thing that they do. And it's it's so well done, so well set up. So um, full credit to Swindon Town Football Foundation for and Swindon Town Football Club for giving the platform to uh, young kids to actually have a chance and play. play.
1: No, definitely. And I and I do hope you'll you'll feel um happy enough to, to keep us updated with, with how they're doing next year as well. And you know, we could we could get fully behind them. Um as for you, Mr. Wood, um, having already won the league, um, uh, we seem to be talking about it and waiting for it to come around for what seemed like it forever, the cup final came, went, and uh, you you won the double. Yeah, <coughs>
0: excuse me. Sorry, I've had a long time on the silent. Um, no yeah well chap thank you very much uh, it was we won 4 one against a team you know a decent side um it was one of those where I told the players to kind of not worry about the pretty football that we've been trying to instigate all game and you know just concentrate on winning the final and you know they went out and probably played some of the best football they've played all season um but it's um, yeah it, it was it was a great accolade for the players to have um you know they, they're the ones that with GCSEs and all of that kind of stuff on and then starting a brand new team. Um, I say GCSEs, half my squad of the year, group below, so playing up a year. Um, so, yeah, I was, I'm was i absolutely buzzing for them, really proud of them. Um, you know, it's, it's a good advert for us to the main club as well, because obviously we're, the, you know, one of the first teams in a while to be under Swindon Town Football Club rather than Swindon Town Women's. Um, so yeah, and a personal accolade from me, it continues my success of winning trophies in my first season at girls' football. So, <laughs> at every club I've been, um, to the extent that I got really arrogant and started singing, Everywhere He Goes, Woody Wins Trophies. Um, but, um <laughs> you're doing that in your sleep, mate, don't you? Some, oh, for, mate. Some, for some reason, the girls didn't catch on when I was singing it. Um, but yeah, no, uh, in, in general, I mean, I, I, you know, I, I'm we talk about backroom staff and stuff like that. I know. I know that one of them does watch it, but, you know, I am massively grateful to, uh, to everybody behind the scenes at, at Swindon for giving me that opportunity to take the team as well. And, um, you know, uh, fortunately it wasn't enough to get me the first team job, but, um, <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I'm, you know, absolutely buzzing. We're looking forward to next season now as we uh, parade on. And um, the club have asked me to kind of overlook the next youth team in terms of getting their recruitment in as uh, their coaches in as well. So, um, you know, it's nice to know that some of the efforts are rewarded as well. So yeah. one
5: thing I'd like <laughs> to add quickly on top of uh what Woody just said there. And I don't think I mean, we we've talked about backroom staffs as well, and they need to be appreciated so much. I can do it without the coaches I've I've got. Uh obviously same with Woody as well. Woody can't do the job without his coaching staff. So um, you know, it's it's uh, the the appreciateness of um just everybody that's involved in the clubs, in other people's clubs, it's just it's fantastic and they deserve a massive shout out.
1: And just in terms of, of continuing this theme of appreciation, um, we for, for the both of you, Rich and Woody, um, obviously, we when we decided mark, to do mark
0: coaches this, as well, mark coaches as well, I think we should let, yeah, let no, our
1: audience know that. <laughs> so. Mark, Mark does coach which we which we found out very recently but, um, and Mark hopefully as as your time with us develops you'll be happy to, to let us know how, how things are going as well. Um, the point I wanted to make specifically to Rich and Woody was when we started doing Fools Rush In um, we wanted to try and do something a bit different to what was out there. You know we 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 built ourselves around this mates in the pub feel of how we were doing the conversation but something else we wanted to actively do Um even if it's just a very, very, very small part, was we wanted to promote the women's game as best as we could. So on behalf of everyone, thank you to for, you know, we, we try and engage, we, we try and, and keep the knowledge and understanding, but you guys have really helped us fully understand exactly what's going on, how the season's progressed, you know, and, and helped us, you know, in our education into women's football. And, and we hope that however... Our podcast develops into next year. We, we hope to get more involved, and and you, you never know what what opportunities might happen. But for for what you've given us in terms of that, thank you very much. Thank
6: you. Cool. Uh, and and thank you, fifi for soldiering through, even though you're losing your voice, mate. Well done. <laughs> and, yeah, well done. That's, that's an hour and forty minutes, mate. That's a good effort. Fair play.
2: <laughs> um,
1: Listen, well, that's a, that's a very telling point. and And I think we should we should end it there while everyone's smiling and happy. Um, listen, for, for all of you guys, for, for those who couldn't make it to today's episode, and for all the opposition fans who have come on, you know, the likes of Cy, Liam, Julian. Um, I, I'm gonna forget some, so I'm not gonna go any further and just say everyone who who has featured over the course of this season, thank you very much. Um I I really do appreciate all of your time um it's a huge highlight in my week whether we do one two three episodes it's a huge highlight in my week talking to you all having opposition fans um and needless to say we have big plans for next year um you know we're we're looking to really improve what we're doing we're looking to develop what we're doing um we're not going to change the feel because this is what we're about Uh, but there are going to be certain changes there's going to be new people i'm hoping you know the uh the metaphorical offers have gone in, um, but uh, particularly Rich is, uh, is negotiating <laughs> his contract for next year. Um, Woody wants a new laptop so that we don't have to keep doing this. Um, but we have plans and we want fans to be involved in that. If you want to join the panel like like Mark has, um, then, then get in touch. Please keep sending in your questions. Please keep engaging on socials. This is what we're here for. And um, We're not taking a a summer's break as such. We're going to keep doing at least one episode a week, I think we decided. Um, We'll try and keep it to the Monday night records, I think, as best as we can. But that's down to availability. You know, the summer will allow the flexibility. We have games that that we want to play. We have some serious conversations we want to have. And it all leads up to what we hope will be a promotion winning the year next year. It wasn't to be this year. But we will go again. From everyone at Falls Rush In. Thank you very much for watching and listening. We really do appreciate it. Goodbye.